Art Miller. This is art class, and it's about to begin. Please take your seats. This is the Lake Forest Podcast. Welcome to the Lake Forest Podcast, the podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest, featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, food, and history. My name is Pete, and I'm joined with my co-host, Lake Forest history legend, Arthur Miller. And we all live in Lake Forest. Before we start our class, we have a sponsor for the show, Dakota Insurance Group. They've got your back. Why? Because that's what friends are for. Dakota Insurance handles all your residential and commercial insurance needs. Get a quote now at dakotainsurancegroup.com. Ask for Pam. Okay, one of the goals of the podcast is for our listeners to learn just a little bit more about Lake Forest. Well, who better to teach us about Lake Forest history than Lake Forest history legend Arthur Miller? Okay, everyone, take your seats, fold your hands on top of your desk. Our class is about to begin. Hey, Art, how you been? Just fine. How are you? Oh, I was sweating it uh, Monday. I was in a sauna. It had another name. It was called the uh, library uh, planning meeting. <laughs> I think the first thing they got to put on that list is air conditioning. Oh, they didn't have any air conditioning at all? Oh, it was a hot one. But it was oh, nice they- to see uh, everybody in there, community in there. The board was in there. Catherine was in there. And uh, they were receiving everybody's questions. And I wasn't in there. Where I am at Lake Forest Place, we couldn't go yeah. to meetings. And so because there's no Zoom, I couldn't attend. So too ah, bad. Well, I'll bring it, we'll bring it up next time, see if they want to put Zoom on in there. They, 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 they had a good, it was an organized session, you know, plenty of information going back and forth. Uh, I think they had, they were taking questions and I think they were trying to put it in uh, one of three buckets. Uh, one of the buckets was costs, uh, process timing, materials, and methods. So, you know, people, I think what people want to know when, how much it's going to cost, and then how long is it going to last? You know, I don't know if they give any guarantees on there, but. Well, for the process part, what they really need to do is, and I'm sure they're involved in working on working to get there, is to engage a, a preservation architect um, who can work with a, an engineer, not just an engineer, but a preservation architect who can assess some of the situations that are there and to see, you know, to answer some of those questions. You can't answer those questions until you've had a really thorough study. A couple of things that I'd be interested in knowing about is if they can get a hold of the original architectural plans from 1931. That was asked, they can't find it. They don't know where the blueprints are. Well, we got to find them. Like where would they go? They would go probably with a um, with a previous architect. The, the, 18, the 1978 um, wings that were added onto the building in 1978, they probably yeah. to those architects, which was Brenner Danforth, and that firm is no longer functioning, but it probably was subsumed into some other firm. And we have to follow the genealogy of who inherited those plans uh, to get the plans back. Uh, the other possibility is, it's at the Chicago History Museum where they have uh, Ed, the architect Edwin Hill Clark's um, papers. They might be there. So there's a couple of places to follow up. It's not what about, a th- what about a third place? You don't think anybody tossed them, do you? I, that's always possible, but I tend to 
I would think that's premature. I also think a real thorough forensic search of the basement and around the furnace room might turn stuff up too. All right. Well, it's my first meeting, Art. You know, I, yeah. I don't want to pretend like I know I mean, anything. I'm, else. I'm just, but I'm saying as an archivist, those are the places yeah. I, I would have a different, a whole fresh look at what's around the building to see every little cranny. Then I would um, check out the former architects because architects don't typically return plans because if the client makes another change, they want them to come back to them to make the change. So that's my most. Wouldn't it be, isn't it kind of like ironic that a library wouldn't have a copy of the plans or there's only one plan? No, I think I, that's why I'm saying to also check and see if the original. Okay. 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 Chicago History Museum. So I think, I think there's a better than 50-50 chance that it's in one of those two places. It would, if it isn't, uh, it would be the first time I was ever wrong. <laughs> you, you and me both. Here's what I can tell you. The, the board was there. Melanie and Brian was there. Catherine was there. I don't know. It was probably 14, 15 people there asking questions. It seemed like a good back and forth, but you would think there would be a lot more people showing up with all the stuff you see on social media but I'm sure that'll come on down the road. Well, when they get to more substantive material, probably they got to get a little yeah. traction. They okay. don't really have, they're just getting started. That's what they did. They were announcing that they were getting started and they wanted input. Got it. Okay. That was my first one. Hopefully I'll see it the next one. If not, I'll try to take notes for a yard. Okay. I appreciate it. Now, September 6th, Jane Adams birthday. Unbelievable. Growing up in Chicago, I remember going to, uh, a Hull House on uh, Belmont and Broadway, right around there. No that was a good kidding. place. Oh, yeah. No good pl- uh, that was the old school place to go to hang out uh, so the gangs couldn't find you. Also, get uh, uh, get your teeth fixed in there, I remember, in the early days. But no uh, Jane Adams, how did how did, how was she tied into Lake Forest, Art? Well, she had, in a very key way, she had... In the 1880s, her brother-in-law, I think it was Theodore Lynn was his name, Reverend Theodore Lynn, was on the staff at Lake Forest University. Lake Forest College at that time was Lake Forest University. He was, I think he was raising money for some of the buildings that were built in that period, keeping the place afloat, that sort of thing. She, Her sister was there and a nephew. The nephew then went to Lake Forest the, college, the collegiate department of Lake Forest University, went to Lake Forest College, in effect, got a degree in 1893. So this brought Jane Adams out right. uh, many weekends from the city. She was, she was getting, by 1889, she had organized her first work at Hull House. A Miss Helen Culver uh, basically rented to her, but kind of really let her have. Uh, her uncle, um, Charles Hull's old 1850s house, that was on Halston Street, um, which they thought looked pretty cool. It would be a great place to start a, a neighborhood uh, settlement house, which would try to make, and this at that time, Halston Street in that area was a, a large, um, a lot of tenement houses there, housing new arrivals in this country. In the 1880s, there were people coming from Eastern Europe, um, Southern Europe, Italy, things like that. So it was a teeming neighborhood of people who worked in various industrial plants uh, not too far away from there. They were not living under what we would consider to be very good conditions. They had, uh, they were crowded. They were, you know, this is before 
there was very good plumbing anywhere, you know, but unless in the very richest homes, they were under some pressure. Also, they they had lost their cultures. Um, they moved away. They came to America where there was an entirely different culture. So they felt kind of uprooted. So they were trying to do things that would reflect, they would have different ethnic groups do dances and musical things and put on, be able to celebrate their own kinds of, with their own costumes and everything, their own local customs. So they felt that they belonged here too, that even because they didn't have this, they just didn't have pilgrim ancestors, that they were, they were part of the picture also. They tried to do art things and give people culture that besides they were certainly working on literacy and basic needs, they fed them and things and all kinds of stuff and probably dental care pretty soon. They started in that house, but they quickly got a, a key guy involved along with Miss Culver, who was a rich real estate developer, very savvy real estate person. They got one of the Pond brothers, Alan Pond. Um, who'd been on a similar place called the Armour Institute, not the Armour Institute, but the Armour Settlement, which was on the south side. He's, he jumped ship when he met Miss Adams and jumped ship onto her board. Well, his brother, Alan Pond's brother, was a very well-trained, excellent design architect. And they built a series of buildings on that, probably a lot of it with Miss Culver's money. She bought in in a huge way to supporting what they were doing. Uh, lots of other people from Lake Forest did were, were what they called quote unquote residents at Hull House, which meant they were volunteers that worked there. Uh, one of them was Reverend uh, Clifford Barnes, who married a Lake Forest woman, built a house across the street from Lake Forest College called Glen Rowan by Howard Van Doren Shaw in 1909. Um, he used to ride up and down the alleys of that neighborhood, that back of the, that that neighborhood behind the Hull House and everything, and to see if the garbage had been picked up. So he would do horseback riding, just like in the Lake Forest, except it was right. up and down to see if the garbage pails were empty. Even lots of people with uh, Lake Forest credentials lived there. They were supported by the churches. Miss Adams came regularly to Lake Forest to recruit young women to uh, be residents and to support her efforts. One of them was a woman, um, I'm just looking over here to see, get, get this name straight again, yeah. um, who is was a Lake Forest College graduate in 1894, uh, no, in 1889, the same year that they started Hull House. And she must've been an early resident. Her name is Anna Freeman Davis. And Lake Forest gave her a master's degree also in um, 19 in 1894 she tra she went abroad and studied she studied at the University of Chicago and she was headed to be a scholar and Miss Adams contacted her and said actually you could make a lot more difference for the United States and for people here if you would go into the settlement house movement and put all your energy into that rather than scholarship and so she said what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you out to Philadelphia and you're going to create out there a hull house they're not going to call it Hull House. They called it the University Settlement. Eventually, it had a whole bunch of buildings, just like Hull House did at on Halstead. At um, ba basically, it's the location now of the University of Illinois at Chicago campus. That was a, that's the, probably the best example of one of the Lake Forest people who got into her movement with her from that connection. This went on clear, as you know, it was at down there until the early '60s in its original location. But when they decided they were going to build the University of Illinois. 
they basically took that property and demoed everything except for two buildings. And then they restored those two buildings. And there's, they're still there as a Jane Addams Hull House Museum. But, um, and there's another Hull House Museum up in uh, Waukegan at Bowen Park. Um, there, because there, she had a summer place there called the Bowen Country Club. That's where the kids went in the summertime, Miss Adams's kids out from the city to get away. So there are all kinds of connections. That house, the house that they stayed in, Miss Adams and Mrs. Bowen, was built by Stanley Anderson here from Lake Forest, designed. So Lake Forest was totally involved in this as, as supporters, as a source of the people that did the work, all those things. And this is part of the reform movement, 1889 and beyond, of um, trying to make things better after the Haymarket uh, affair of 1886, when there was kind of a breakdown between the owners and the workers, because the workers were pretty frustrated about their um, working conditions, lo long days, no, they wouldn't have any time in the day. Half the year, they wouldn't have any, they wouldn't see daylight. They would always be working during daylight. This was at the in different locations that they had factories and stuff. So this was an important phase of Lake Forest being part of the, the reform movement. And Jane Adams was behind it. She had roots in Lake Forest because of her brother-in-law and sister and nephew that were here connected. The nephew actually graduated, but was in World War I, died doing, I think, um, Red Cross work in World War I, uh, 1918. So um, it, it was a real interesting family, uh, Jane Adams's family. She didn't marry herself. Her contributions to Chicago were tremendous. Oh, cool. Also, in about, it had been about 1910, there was a, they actually had a theater group, a small theater group, amateur, at Hull House. And they came up and did a program on uh, the Lake Forest College campus in that um, Durand Hall that's on the corner of Deer Path and, um, and Sheridan. Um, mm -hmm. And so they put on a, a, a play uh, for some of the local people here that, that, that was kind of stimulated them because in a few years, they had a local little theater like that. So it was all kinds of cultural interaction with Lake Forest, if that makes any sense. Lake Forest is connected to everything, I'm telling you, oh, yeah. Art. So then Miss, this, this, this KG Miss Culver, she was quite the gal, Helen Culver. So she was a businesswoman. She inherited this business from her uncle, which, you know, wasn't exactly expecting it, but she had great instincts. So she started, she, when she came out to Lake Forest too, probably led here by Jane Adams, I wouldn't be surprised, and said, hmm, Waukegan Road, that's going to be something one of these days. So in, eight, in 1900, in the year 1900, she bought a big parcel of land. And she built a house with those same architects she'd been paying down in the city to build Hull House, Pond and Pond. The house is still on Ash Lawn, which is a couple of blocks north of uh, Deer Path to the west of Green Bay Road. Go down Ash Lawn Road about a block or two, and you'll see a house you can't miss, a big red brick house with white limestone kind of modernist streaks on it. A very interesting building. Um, and so she had an estate out here. Then it was inherited later by her nephew, a guy named Ewing, um, who lived there. And Ewing later took over the Leonard Farm, which is another big estate out there. So she, she had the first estate out there. And she, was, she always knew what was coming. And so she knew that cars were going to hit and people were going to come farther from downtown Lake Forest in the train. So sure enough, four years later, just four years later, 
1904, cars hit Rich Lake Foresters, and they started building estates that were further from the old part of Lake Forest, east of the tracks and everything. 1904, the first part of J. Ogden Armour's um, Melody Farm Estate was purchased just south of her farm, just south of her property. And then a decade later, just north of her property, A. Watson Armour started his Eloa farm. And those buildings are, have been preserved. One of them is owned by uh, Craig Bergman and his partner. The main building, it, it was a stable block that was way at the end, kind of the west end of the property. That's um, now the Eloa Farm Foundation City Shared Partnership Building. Uh, it's got the Discovery Center uh, with all kinds of reptiles and amphibians and things like that. So this all came out of Helen Culver seeing that this was going to be an area to develop, getting there first. <laughs> it all comes out of Jane Adams. Number six birthday. Yeah. Blow out the candles. And she was really, and, and you know, there's the kind of spirit that we need today just as much. People who want to make things better for other people. Altruism, faith-based, non-faith-based, whatever you want. Um, her particular brand was not nominally faith-based, but she worked very closely with the Presbyterians and different groups. Uh, more power to her memory. She's always in fashion. Outstanding. Art, thanks again for making me smarter on Lake Forest history. I enjoyed sharing what I know. And of course, I just accumulated these little details over time, but it's kind of fun to, to hit the total bar on them. So. All right. You keep watching the calendar and the birthdays and let me know all the Lake Forest uh, people oh, okay. coming up. We'll, we'll, we'll hit them all. Thanks for listening to the Lake Forest podcast. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Let us know you'd like to hear about any upcoming shows. Again, I'm Pete, and I can be reached at Pete at lakeforestpodcast.com. The link will be in the podcast notes below. On behalf of my co-host, Arthur Miller, our class is now over. Thank you for listening. Cue the band. <laughs>